welcome to the very first bonus episode of Dynasty As They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and I'm so ecstatic to present a phone conversation that I had with Dame Joan Collins. It's extraordinary that this happened. So the backstory on how this all came about is that Dame Joan is coming to Palm Springs for an appearance at the Palm Springs Speaks Speaker Series, which benefits the Palm Springs Cultural Center and the Friends of the Palm Springs Library. So I was talking to her for a story I wrote for Palm Springs Life magazine, but she was so gracious and kind that the conversation naturally just drifted toward Dynasty. And specifically, I was asking her about the second season and how she got started. So this is a condensed, edited version of our conversation with the stuff that I think, you know, the Dynasty is they want to be listeners, will be most interested in. Anyway, if you happen to be in the Palm Springs area or hell, get on your private jet or fly commercial, honey, you can see Dame Joan in person at the Palm Springs Speaks series. Her appearance is scheduled for January 26th at 3 p.m. There's tickets still available. You can get them at palmspringspeaks.org. There's also going to be an unofficial after party at the Alibi at 369 North Palm Canyon Drive at 6 p.m. It's called Dynasty at the Disco, so you better blow that hair out and put that big-shouldered gown on and come on down. Also, our Patreon is now live. If you'd like to support Dynasty as they want to be, go to patreon.com slash nasty podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast, or just go to our website, nastypodcast.com for the link. Anyway, without further ado, here's my conversation with Dame Joan Collins. Hello. Hello, Joan. Hello. Hi, this is Derek. How are you? Yeah, hi, Derek. I'm fine, thank you. Getting ready for Christmas, so everything's a bit panicky. Oh, yes. It's that time of the year, holidays with a Z. Yeah. What sorts of um, stories uh, are you uh, interested in telling these days? Um, what so- Well, I... Uh, it really depends on what, you know, what the audience is. Some of the audiences are young, and they don't know who Betty Davis or Elizabeth Taylor is, strangely enough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Some people want to hear about Dynasty. Some people want to hear about, you know, beauty. Some people want to hear about the the people, you know, that I've been married to. Um, it, it really, I mean, I've had quite a busy life, so I can really uh, go through a lot. But I think it's mostly about my career and uh, the longevity of my career because, you know, I started as a young actress. Well, I went to drama school when I was 15. I was the youngest one at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. And then from there, I was discovered for modeling, you know, and I did uh, modeling in magazines, teenage modeling. And then from there, I was spotted by an agent and went to... Uh, under contract to J. Arthur Rank Organization, which was like sort of a Paramount or MGM, but in England. And I was there for two years. I made about eight or nine movies, and then they sold me to 20th Century Fox. 
Yeah. That's it. That's the sort of thing. <laughs> yes, that's just the beginning. And do you do you feel like that background and and all of that led to Dynasty? No, I don't think it had anything to do with that at all. I think possibly what led to Dynasty was my friendship with Aaron Spelling, and he put me into a show called Fantasy Island, in which I played Cleopatra. You know, it was a, one of those shows in which you you play all different characters and i think when they were casting for dynasty even though the studio wanted elizabeth taylor or sophia loren uh and particularly jessica walters they wanted um it was aaron who went to bat for me uh first of all because he knew me and first of all because he'd seen what i had done in fantasy island which was um kind of a precursor of Alexis. I think he also saw probably a movie that I did uh, previously to that, an English movie called The Stud, in which I played um, a um, quite a strong female empowered woman. Yes, the owner of the hobo. The what? The owner of the hobo disco. Oh, what's the hobo disco? <laughs> from yes, from right. the bitch, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, there were two. There was the stud, and then there was the bitch. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, I li- I liked the bitch a little more than the, than the stud because there was more disco scenes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that um, yeah that happened, and then I have to say that with with um, the, with Dynasty, for which I'm very grateful. I although I had been you know quite famous, particularly in England. I um, I started to get worldwide fame, which was very nice. Yeah, and looking back on that that second season when you first came on, I know you you had no idea that it was going to last as long as it did. Well, nobody did. Yeah. Yeah. What what was the moment that you realized that this was catching on and it was becoming a cultural phenomenon? Uh, well, when it started to rise in the ratings, you know, when, you know, people, Aaron would come on the set and say, my God, we're number, we're number last week we're number 10, now we're number 5. You know, this was in the days when there were only three or four stations. And then he'd come up and then all of a sudden we were number one. And everybody knew who I was. I've actually, I actually am I'm hosting this podcast where I'm re-watching Dynasty or watching it for the first time because um, yeah. I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't uh, watching it when it Born? first aired. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my husband and I watch an episode and then we talk about it. And uh-huh. uh, what I think is really remarkable is how relevant it still is today. Um, you think about feminism, you know, even in that, yes. that second season, abortion, uh, yes. Homosexuality. I had a gay son that I accepted, but that uh, his father would not. Blake Carrington would not accept Stephen as gay. He hated it, but uh, Alexis did, and it was the first time that I think you saw gay relationships in, on TV. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I think it was the first time that you saw a very empower a woman who was very empowered and took charge and used her wiles, and yeah, used her sexuality as well to get what she wanted and didn't care what people thought about her. A lot of people hated the character, but more, more, but a lot of people really loved her. 
which I think is why I'm probably still relevant today. Definitely. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that you know, Alexis was had agency. She had her own own power, um, yes. and she. But she didn't always get her way. She wasn't completely infallible. And you know, I think people forget that you bring that sort of nuance to the role, um, where sometimes you know, Alexis did get you know knocked down a peg by oh, Fallon yeah. or whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Fallon was horrible to her. You know? <laughs> And that, but that was the early part. That was when Pamela Sue Martin played Fallon. And then she left. Remember, she wanted to get, go out and become a movie star. And I remember Linda and Pamela Bellwood and I all sitting and saying, you shouldn't leave this show. You know, this is a really successful show. It's probably going to go on for years. You should not leave it. But she did. She went because she wanted to be in movies. Anyway, they waited a about a year or so before they brought Emma Sands in <coughs> as her. Do you remember that? I do. I, well, I'm so I'm watching it in order. So I'm actually towards the the end of the the second season. So Fallon just mm. had the baby, and you and Cecil are romantically entwined. There's some things I know just because it was so popular. So I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I know the Colbys are going to play a bigger role and things like that, but I'm trying to focus and just really watch each episode because it's it's interesting how much it, like I was saying, it really still stands up to this day, and you can you can look back and you can see like the way that sort of Sammy Joe started is the way that a lot of youth are today in terms of like mm-hmm. Instagram and wanting more wealth than they really probably deserve. Um, yeah. And this idea of being sexually fluid, you know, having Stephen, obviously he started out as gay and and then got into relationships with women. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, and when you get later in, you'll see that he's still tempted. Well, even though he's, when he's married to uh, Claudia, well, he, he, he's gay and then he's married to Claudia. And then I think he starts to get tempted. I'm watching a little bit of it too, because you have to understand, we were working very hard. I didn't watch it. I watched like the first year, and then after that, I, I honestly didn't get around to it. I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, so not at all. When I see it, I see it with totally new eyes. And I look at it and I say, oh my God, did I wear that? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously the fashion is something that people are obsessed with. And I know that you had a great relationship with with Nolan Miller. And it's, yes. it's interesting, too, because Dynasty ran basically the entire 80s. And so do you think that you guys were being inspired by what was happening in fashion? Or do you think you were setting those trends? Because the line seems oh, very I'm blurry. I definitely inspired by it. I... Um uh, you know, I had just come from Paris. I was living in Europe, and this is when Yves Saint Laurent and Pierre Cardin were doing the big shoulders and tiny waists, and it was a revolutionary look, somewhat like what Christian Dior did in 1947 when he invented the new look. But, you know, things always get... The, the, I don't mean to knock Los Angeles, but it, it always takes them a bit of time to get around to new st- styles and fashions. So um, I don't think they had quite uh, got there yet. So when I was very insistent on, you know, wearing these kind of, you know, fabulous kind of flashy clothes, 
they kind of balked at first. They they wanted me to wear, you know, they wanted like, you know, the girls in Charlie's Angels were just plain suits and things like that. And yeah, they didn't really like that tailored, glamorous look. And then all the women in it started to look tailored and glamorous and yeah. yeah, you see the change where it's not the 70s anymore, it's the 80s, and, and you're, you're you know, wearing actual fashions and not just wearing yeah. what people wore around the house or whatever. Yes, I know. It's a bit ridiculous. The negligees, every time you saw somebody in the bedroom getting ready, you know, we were in a satin, plunging <laughs> neckline, marabou feathers. It's silly now, but it was beautiful then. I mean, it's still beautiful, but... In today's world, I don't think you'd do that. Well, but, you know, it's nice to have something to aspire to, right? Yes. So take me back to, obviously, the relationship between Alexis and Crystal was this through line through the show. And I um, just a couple of weeks ago watched the episode where the first cat fight happened and you just destroy the studio. When you got that script, because obviously up until that point, you, you, the characters were sort of sparring, but this is the first time you actually put your hands on each other. Now you as a you know, proper British woman, what did you think when you read that you were actually gonna get into this alt- physical altercation? Well, I'm an actress and uh, you know, it's not the first time. You know, Marlena Dietrich, had a fist fight with a woman, a, a down and out head pulling fight in Destry Rides Again. Mm-hmm. I thought it was original and that it would uh, help the show, and indeed it did. It catapulted it. Yeah, and what was it like watching that? Because, I mean, it was really, it was like a ballet. It was choreographed where you went to basically every part of that little studio set and broke, I think, just about everything and threw every vase that was there at uh, at Linda. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I mean, you're talking about something that happened over 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's very difficult to remember what it was like. I mean, I did it. That's all I know. I know we laughed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you're also somebody who is known for standing up for yourself. You've talked about how you wanted equal pay with with John Forsythe. What? What? um, How do you feel about what's going on now in with the Me Too movement and equality? And it seems like we're finally getting to a place where where women are getting to be actually more equal with men from the top to the bottom. You know, I think absolutely in the Western world, we've made huge strides. But look at, you know, uh, uh, half of the rest of the world are females. They're still doing female genital mutilation, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has not translated into the downtrodden women of other countries. And I think that's very, very sad. Yes. In this country, we have we have made strides. I don't think there have been enough strides yet. Um, I think that um, people will still, you know, um, pat you on the bottom. Pat, not me. Well, actually, I did have one the other day. I just wrote about it in um, in Spectator magazine, which is coming out next week, the Christmas issue, about how I was at a party, and this man was invading my space. He was British. And I said, you know, you're invading my space. We're sitting at a dinner party. And he said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, 
you know, you're leaning over me, you're gesticulating in my face. And he then patted me on the arm and said, well, I'm very sorry, little lady. I said, I'm not your little lady. <sighs> and I said, you know, this is 2019. Have you ever heard of the Me Too movement? He said, no, what's the Me Too movement? I said, uh, sorry, I said, I'm moving my place now. Wow. And, um, so, you know, a lot has happened, but a lot of men are still quite ignorant. And um, it's, uh, it's sad. Yes. Looking back, when, what was the biggest moment you sort of stood up for yourself um, in Hollywood? Uh, in Hollywood? Um, well, I, uh, lots of times. When I was a young actress under contract to Fox, you know, I turned down the advances of studio heads producers, CEOs of Fox to get roles. You know, I, I did not go into the casting couch ever, ever, ever. I had boyfriends, but they were boyfriends that I chose, you know, because I liked them or was in love with them or whatever, but I never, ever used the couch as a stepping stone. And then I think again, when um, I realized that I was very popular. I was on the cover of practically every magazine, but I was not getting good money. And John Forsyth was getting a lot more than me, and Linda Evans was getting more. And I put my foot down and said, I want some more. This is about the third or fourth season. And I was getting sackfuls of fan mail and constant, you know, be on this cover of this and that. And so I, I rebelled and I left the country and went to France and said, I'm not coming back unless you give me more money. <laughs> and it's not like it was a huge amount. It's not like what they got in, you know, in Friends when people were getting like half a million or a million. <laughs> and I, it was like, you know, 50,000. I know that sounds a lot by the standards of people who don't make that kind of money. But in terms of uh, what actors get, you know, <laughs> what movie actors were getting, it's uh, it, it didn't seem that much to ask. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and you're yeah. you're the no, main reason that the show myself. kept going. What? I said yes, and you're the main reason that the show kept going. So, if anything, yes, you should have I been know. on par with your co-stars. Yeah. Um, what about in terms of the writing? Were there anything that you went to Aaron or the Pollocks about that uh, that you really didn't like, or or something I that would you wanted? Change my dialogue a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I would say, look, can I say this instead of this? And I'd like to make a joke about this and blah, blah, blah. And he would say yes. And they really, you know, I'm a writer. I've written 16 books. I've written maybe 50 or 100 magazine articles and newspaper articles. So um, uh, I did that, and it was great. Yeah. Well, and it's your your character, and you know you're in in touch with her, um, so that yeah, it totally makes sense. Well, I won't take any 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 more of your time, Dame. Thank you so much for answering my questions. Okay, and I'll probably see you in Palm Springs. I'll see you in Palm Springs next month. Okay. Ha have a fabulous Thanks. holiday. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Happy 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 yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Bye. Hi. I, I, you know, this is a technological mirror. I, I don't know how to turn it off.
All right. Well, I'll just hang up and that'll end you it. Hang up. Maybe they'll <laughs> hang it up. Okay. Bye. Bye.